This is Bill Woods. I'm up here in a very windy Sun Valley, Arizona today. If the wind keeps going like this, I might have to change my address to New Mexico if we get blown away like that. Today I have some good news and some bad news to share with you. The good news is that God is still on the throne and he's still in control of all that is happening in our world today. And the very good news is Jesus will soon come to take his church out of this mess because prophecy is being fulfilled all the time and we know it can't be much longer. The bad news is it looks like we're in for some rough days ahead. Uh, especially bad news for those who don't know Jesus as your Savior. When Christ comes for his church, if you don't know him as your Savior, you will be left behind and you'll have uh, all hell break loose here on earth and you're not going to want to be there when that begins to happen. So my suggestion is you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior right now today because the Bible says today is the uh, accepted time here. So much prophecy is being fulfilled today. Christians need to pay attention and sharpen their walk with Jesus Christ. Israel is currently surrounded by nations screaming for their blood. Anti-Semitism is raging through the Europe and the United States. Jews are being targeted around the world for assassination. And synagogues are being vandalized as worshipers are being killed. Russia is coming down through the Ukraine, and we've been watching that, the war that's going on over there. But ultimately, after Russia comes down through, they're heading for Israel. For the first time in history, the alignment of nations listed in Ezekiel 38 and 39 is exactly in place. Also, the four kings that are mentioned in Revelation are right now taking center stage for the first time in world history. Everything is ripe and ready, and it's time to wake up to the time we're living in. The war in the Ukraine is the beginning of a series of, of wars uh, that'll engulf the whole world in World War III. And we know that we're looking forward, or not forward to, but we're looking toward the Battle of Armageddon. The world is coming apart at the seams, and I intend to look at these conditions and the lineup of nations next week in light of what the Bible predicts. Judgment Day is coming just as sure as it did in Noah's day. God is giving us warning just as he did before the flood. People aren't paying attention just like they did not pay attention before the flood. And so I want us to wake up. Today I've entitled this sermon, Go Away, I Don't Know You. Genesis chapter 7, verse 7 says, He, meaning Noah, went on board the boat to escape the flood. He and his wife and his sons and their wives, eight people in all, were all that survived that massive worldwide flood told about in Genesis. Imagine the panic that Noah's daughters-in-law felt when God shut the door on the ark and sealed it, and they knew that their families were outside wanting in and would soon drown. Their loved ones had had the same opportunities to repent that Noah's family had, but they'd paid no attention uh, to all the clear warnings that were given to them through Noah and otherwise. I've often thought about how terrible it must have been to hear people outside trying to climb up on the ark after it was too late and the rain had started. 
they thought of loved ones being on the outside makes it even more tragic. Some say, oh, that's just a story in the Old Testament. It probably didn't happen. Listen, everything that's covered in Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 11 is literal and true. That's the foundation for our Christian faith. If I can't believe God's word about creation taking six literal 24-hour days and God resting on the seventh day, or how sin entered the world through Satan's treachery with Adam and Eve, and they yielded to the temptation, even though God had warned them. And if I can't uh, think about the event of the flood or the Tower of Babel, then I've no cause to believe what the Bible says about Jesus stepping into history to die for my sins and Jesus offering me salvation. I've been burdened for you who think you're Christians but will one day find yourself on the wrong side at judgment and you're going to want in after it's too late. I'm burdened for you if you've never repented of your sin and asked Jesus to be your Savior. What panic you'll feel and true Christians will feel for you for a little while knowing loved ones are lost forever. Remember, Jesus said, not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom, but those who do the will of the Father. We'll know who missed the way until after the white throne judgment when God will wipe all tears from our eyes. He will adjust our memories at that time. We'll be able to enjoy heaven for all eternity. You say, well, how do you know? Well, Revelation 21.4 says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Listen, I want you to hear Christ's warning. In Matthew chapter 7, 21 through 23, he says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have, not prof have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye who work iniquity. Matthew chapter 13, 47 through 51 says again, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea, and gathered of every kind, which when it was full they drew it to shore, and sat down, and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth, and, never, and sever the wicked from among the just, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? And they say unto him, Yes, Lord. I was thinking about a, a story that a friend of mine told one day about his Uncle Bob out on the farm that Uncle Bob had. There was a little creek that was going through the, the property, and they would dam the creek up and get a little bitty pond or lake there on the farm. And then at a certain time, they would go and they would dam it up a little higher and they would take the original dam out, drain the water, and then pick up and sort the fish that were left behind. The good fish they would keep. The bad fish they would throw over to rot in the sun. 
you know, I, lots of times suckers and carp and that kind of fish are not considered to be eating a good eating fish, and so they were left behind. Jesus said that's what will happen at the end of the age. I don't want to be a trash fish. Praise God, I don't have to be. Look again at Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. You say, well, you've repeated that three times. I want you to understand what is being said there. I want you to be in heaven with me for all eternity. So the question is, what is the will of my Father? God's will is for us to repent of our sins and accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. The Bible says that God is not willing for anyone to be lost, but that all should be saved. Repentance means a sincere turning away in both mind and heart, from turning away from self to God. It's not just reciting a little script and going off to continue your old sinful lifestyle. Repentance is an about face. It's to stop doing sinful things and start living your life the way that God wants you to. It's confessing your sins, being sorry for your sins, asking for forgiveness of your sins, and letting God transform your life and make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Then God wants us to be sanctified. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. That means that we are to be set apart and cleansed for God's holy use. This happens when I surrender myself totally, wholly to God, 100%. You know, Jesus gave 100% for us, and I don't think he's going to be satisfied with us giving 60 or 70%. He wants 100% commitment from us. Until now, I've not been my own person. I've been a slave to sin and to Satan. But when I repent and ask Jesus to forgive my sins and save me, I'm freed from Satan being my master. Now I must choose to serve God with my whole being and let him be my master. This involves total surrender of my will to God's will. We often sing the little chorus, Not my will, but thine. Let me sing it for you. Not my will, but thine. Not my will, but thine. Not my will, but thy will. Be done, Lord, in me. May thy spirit divine cleanse this being of mine. Not my will, but thy will be done, Lord, in me. You know, that can be summed up in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect." 
God wants us to hide his word in our heart so we will not sin against him. In fact, Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That will involve dusting off your Bible, reading it, and applying it to your life. God then wants us to pray. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. God wants us to be good stewards with his property and to remember it belongs to him and he's allowing us to use it. That would be tithe, you know, tithing our income, our time, everything to give back to God that portion which he wants. I, I read that a man's car broke down on a lonely country road and he decided to walk to find help. As he walked the lonely road, a big black Cadillac glided past him with its lights off. He watched it turn onto a small dirt road and speed to a cabin hidden in the trees. Several men jumped from the car and ran to the cabin. This aroused the man's curiosity. He decided to investigate. He cautiously approached the cabin. He could see a candle on a table surrounded by six men. He could barely make out their conversation, but he could hear enough. One man said, uh, man, that was a haul we got from the bank this time. Another one said, yes, we really hit it big, and they'll never find out who it was that robbed them. As they talked, congratulating themselves, they began to split the money between them. The apparent leader said, yes, we struck it rich this time. We won't have to hit another bank for at least a year. Now we have to split up so nobody will see us together and recognize us as the bank robbers. One of the men said, guys, before we go, can we have a word of prayer? My church is having a hard time and I'm the worship leader and I want to ask God for a revival. Well, you're thinking, well, that's ridiculous. God wouldn't send a revival to that church. Those men are thieves, and God doesn't bless thieves. Listen to Malachi 3, 8 through 10. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. You know, it's not enough just to try to act like a Christian. You need to be a Christian. Uh, God owns everything. He lets you use it with the understanding that you'll recognize his ownership by dedicating at least 10% back to him. People do all kinds of jobs in the church and in society and think they're going to work their way to heaven by living a good life. But the real test is, are you keeping God's commands? You know, Jesse James killed a fellow in a bank robbery and shortly thereafter was baptized in the Kearney Baptist Church. Then he killed a bank cashier and joined the church choir and taught him singing. He liked Sundays, Jesse did, but he couldn't always show up at church. On two Sundays, he robbed trains. You know, we don't worry much about it now, but one day there'll be an accounting of how we lived. We will stand before God and find how we've measured up to his plan for our lives or to his plumb line. Actually, there'll be two judgments. 
one for Christ redeemed, who will be part of the first resurrection that will be taken out in the rapture, all the Christians that are ready and waiting. And then the second uh, resurrection will be for those who rejected Christ's love and who will be part of the second resurrection after Christ's second coming and the millennial reign. These resurrections and judgments will be a thousand years apart. The first will be like an award assembly or, or at the marriage feast of the Lamb. Our effectiveness will be tested, but we'll know that we're going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3, 13 through 15, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. That's what's going to happen at the marriage feast of the Lamb. The second resurrection and judgment will be for the lost, those who never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. There will be no further chance to repent. Their destination will be the lake of fire with Satan and his demons for all eternity. Have you ever thought how long eternity is? It's never ending. It's forever, forever, forever. You do not want to end up in hell for all eternity. Revelation 20, 11 through 15 said, I saw a great white throne, him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. There was found no place for them. And, and I saw the dead small and great, stand before God, and, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to his works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You know, my friend, uh, some people say, well, God's too good to send anybody to hell for eternity. God doesn't send us to hell. God's provided a way so we don't have to go. It's our choices. It's the things we do that decides where we're going to spend eternity. That's why I keep saying, accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Let him be your Lord. Marty and I have been so burdened for souls, realizing that our decisions here will decide where we will spend eternity. There's so much lethargy and disinterest among people today in learning about God and wanting to please God and caring about our families and friends. If Jesus came today, where would you end up for eternity? He could come. We don't know when. Every prophetic warning indicates it won't be long until the rapture and there's no more prophecies have to be fulfilled when Jesus comes for the rapture. We worry about our families. Well, let me ask you, if they follow your example, where are they going to spend eternity? The Internet is filled with scary warnings about the Great Reset that will drastically change our economy and give government more control over us. There's less tolerance for Christians, many of whom are going to be persecuted and arrested, and in some countries uh, sent to concentration camps to be re-educated. 
It looks like those things could happen in our country soon, too. Criminals infiltrating our government, intending to take over and replace our republic with Marxist society. It's some time that we wake up to the foundations of our, our republic and get back to being what we were established to be as a nation in the first place. These people, they plan soon that we'll have to choose whether or not to have identification chips implanted in our flesh to prove we're complying with restrictions they put upon us or, or we won't be able to work, travel, or buy or sell. Sounds like Revelation chapter 13 to me. 2022 might be the year when it all happens. What if they're right? Are you close enough to God to remain faithful to him whatever is coming? Christians are being persecuted in North Korea, China, Iran, Iraq, Egypt, Russia, and a host of other countries hostile to God. If you died this year, would God let you into his holy heaven? People say, well, I've been in church my whole life, and I came from a devout Christian family, and my mom or my grandma has prayed for me, and God wouldn't let their prayers go unanswered. I've lived a good life, and, and I help people and give them to charities, and my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds. Isaiah 64, 6 says we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Our, our righteousness compared to God's righteousness is filthy rags. I want to be sure of my relationship with Jesus because he told some pretty scary stuff that it looks like will happen in our lifetimes. Matthew 25, 31 through 46 says, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will say, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't uh, come visit me. Invite me. I, I was a stranger. You didn't invite me to your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? He will answer, I will tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, 
you were refusing to help me, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Now you can see why I, I named this sermon uh, Depart, or um, excuse me, Go Away, I Don't Know You. I'll, it'll do no good to say I, I lived a good life and went to church or, or even I was a pastor or a Sunday school teacher or a music director or I was on the church board because none of these things will get you to heaven. You know, only repenting of your sins and accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior is going to get you into heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father except through me. You don't come through anybody else, only Jesus. And that's why he's prepared to say, go away, I don't know you because you've not accepted me. I, it'd be terrible to know the way, but still end up in the side of the goats and, and hear Christ say, go away, I don't know you. I, I want you to know Jesus Christ today. I want to know that you've accepted him as your personal savior. I want to know that no matter what's going to happen in this old sinful world, you're going to live above it and you're going to be part of God's family. And one day we're going to rejoice together around the, the holy throne of Jesus Christ. Father, help us each one to make up our minds that we're going to do the things you want us to do. And that starts with repenting of our sins and accepting you as our personal Savior and allowing you to lead us and guide us as we try to live our lives. Help us to be victorious, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. If you want to get in, uh, in touch with me, my email address is... Uh, a lowercase R-E-V-W-M-W-W-O-O-D-S at gmail.com. My mailing address is box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. And uh, I do have the podcast and uh, website I'm, if you want to get onto that. It's lowercase... Uh, churchofthegalilean.com is C-H-U-R-C-H-O-F-T-H-E-G-A-L-I-L-E-A-N.com. God bless you, and I'm praying for you.